Yeah. Okay, welcome back to the second part of the podcast with Dr. Louise Wusufortang. Um, so, Louise, tell us about the forthcoming research paper uh, called Raves and Closed Shaves. Yeah, what is sure. it about and um, what prompted you to write it? Tell us more about your, your next project. Okay, so, um, you know, uh, as you know, a lot of my research is around sort of like race and ethnicity, and I think the main part of it was education, but I also like to um, explore about other aspects of, you know, our, our black experiences in the UK, because I, I believe, no, I don't believe, it's true, it's not monolithic, it's not the same for everybody. And, you know, I've written a couple of autobiographies about different parts of my life, you know, my, my educational journey, the role of my nan in that, you know, I've talked, I've written about, um, you know, my hair journey. So that's another part of my identity. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, now I'm writing about this. And I think the thing, the, the, what I want to do in this paper is kind of talk about some of the things that I mentioned in the first half. So how did I get into the rave culture? Mm -hmm. um, you know, the way that sort of like, you know, the kind of intergenerational relationships, because obviously, you know, as I've said, our parents sort of like came from back home where everything, you know, and they had their concerns about us growing up here and all this, that and the other and how, you know, music kind of led into that kind of like tension between the two generations and whatnot, but then how you resolve that. And I suppose in a way, it's also about like, you know, being a black British person as well, because like, okay, this, this is just where I'm just kind of bringing the two parts of me together. But then also mm -hmm. um, in the second part of the paper, I just kind of like explore my experience of being at the Raven, particularly the hardcore ones where I was often the only black woman there. And, you know, just, just um, kind of like challenging this idea that, okay, if you are black, you don't have to, be, you can just be who you are. You don't need to just kind of like, you know, be liking one particular kind of music or dressing in one particular way or seeing the world, because it just kind of goes back to what Bell Hooks was saying about, you know, we shouldn't homogenize ourselves. And also um, something that Stuart Hall, another noted sociologist was saying about how identity is like, you know, fluid and it's constantly changing. and you know, we shouldn't just try to see ourselves as one thing. So, you know, and also it's just like my own construction of my black British identity. I can just be who I am. And in a way, I'm also trying to um, encourage other young people because I noticed that even though like, you know, with the generation Zs and the millennials, you know, they're wicked, they're amazing people, you know, they're doing lots of things and all this, that and the other. And sometimes, but there is sometimes a question about who am I, what am I, am I allowed to be? And we have yeah. those questions too. I mean, it just reminds me again of another sociologist. I keep coming throwing up these sociologists in here, but it's just making me- Makes perfect you know, sense. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, can, I can run, but I can't hide. But anyway, so one called Giddens, Anthony Giddens. And again, he talks about this idea that, you know, we're reflexive human beings and just kind of like, you know, reflecting on who we are, our life choices and whatnot. And, you know, what I want to do with this is just to show that, okay, well, I've, I've been reflecting, I am who I am. And I would also encourage other people, like whether it's your, other young black people who like, you know, might be a bit, who might be constructed as different, but in actual fact, they are who they are, or anyone else from, an, from another generation or even my generation, just to be you, do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter yes. Yes. What, yes. what you like, just be you, you know? So yeah, because to a certain degree, we are a product of our own experiences, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, not just the, the educational system that we grew up in, but also mm. what we experience and how we experience. Because 
I have this, this notion that two people can go through the same experience and have completely different interpretations of it and different yes. outcomes. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and again, this kind of relates to one of the theories that I'm using within it. Um, his name is Man and um, Mannheim, and I forget what his first name is. I don't know why I call, want to call him Albert. It's not Albert. But anyway, um, Mannheim, he says that. He says that, you know, you can be born within the same generation. Like what he, he says, he calls it a generational location. And you could be mm -hmm. born within that generation. But like, you know, your experiences maybe, you know, you may experience the same things like for us we grew, we grew up under the kind of like rave culture where it was big and it was a massive moral panic but then you know people experience it differently and I did that even you know people that were in it you know I didn't have the same experience of them obviously from the different backgrounds and again as I say you know I just went there for the music I didn't go there to take drugs or to drink or anything yes, like that yes. so you know mm -hmm. so yeah so we have a very different experience of it and that's okay yeah, because that, that, exactly, that, that depends on what you want to get from the experience as well. Yeah. Some people just want to go it to see how it is, if they relate mm. to it, you know. Mm. Um, mm. But uh, unfortunately, I never, fortunately or unfortunately, I never had that uh, experience. Uh, okay. But now I'm, mm. I'm feeding, you know, obviously you're feeding me all of this and, and it, it's quite exciting. I'm feeling, I'm feeling quite excited and I wish I had, I could go back in time and probably you know went to one of these rooms you know just go to one of these yeah, yeah. rooms and just just ha have a peek and see uh you know if it would be something that you know i would enjoy you know it could yeah. be something that i would have enjoyed yeah but no it's good having said yeah. that i'm still waiting for your playlist so not completely disregarded i'm waiting for your playlist and once this lockdown is is, is done and once we're all uh, vaccinated against this virus i definitely want to give it a try and probably you know yeah. you can tag me along well, it's our um, birthday, isn't it, in, in May? <laughs> just yes, it's our birthday in May. Yes, yes let's see if it's not a lockdown birthday this time. Oh, great. Well <laughs> um, how does this contribute, how does this paper contribute to, um, uh, to understandings about what it means to be black now um, hmm. and to uh, broader, you know, sociology, sociological knowledge around ethnicity and identity? How do you sort of, See this this uh, I mean, I notion think, yeah i think what it does is that again it just kind of challenges that idea that you know like being black is a monolithic thing i mean i think people are, are accept you know people accept that and stuff but then i still think i still just it's, this is my observation but i could be very wrong but i mean i still do see this kind of like silos in terms of music and stuff like that but it just shows that you know you don't just you can just do different things you don't have to like you know grime you don't have to like hip-hop you don't have to like drill you don't have to like you know you can just like whatever music just floats your boat so i think it's it's about the idea that you know it's just fluid you know it's about you know following encouraging people just to you know do their own reflexive projects of themselves and just find mm -hmm. what what they like and it's not even about you know trigger but it's just about what 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 fills their soul and i think you know given the times that we're in and you know the, the the rubbish that we've been through and everything like that i mean i think one of the things that we've all got to do i mean and this sort of reminds me of something that was said in the very first podcast and you know it's about finding your authentic you and you know i don't know 
that is a kind of sociological thing because like otherwise if we don't sociology is partly about kind of finding and understanding ourselves particularly like autobiographical thing but also i think it's just a life skill it's a life thing it's a really important thing there also as i say i mean it just kind of like gives different ideas about ethnicity and stuff and again as i say about how how it is a very fluid concept um it, you know it also just kind of gives you a little bit more insight into um contributions to popular culture because i think again people forget that um rave music and even the hard the happy hardcore the kind of like piano light beats and stuff that people forget the the origins that it is it does actually have its origins in black music you know mm -hmm. you tell people mm -hmm. and it, they'll be just like oh you know like are you sure but it actually did and even some yes. of the tunes you know like some of the tunes are kind of like i i was, I was even listening to um Oh gosh, um, is this this a this a DJ actually called Rat Pack? I remember him because he looks like my brother. So you know, Rat Pack, mm -hmm. he's got his long dreads and stuff, and he you know he did this amazing sort of like CD and like you know he mixes his breakbeats and whatnot. So you can really hear the sort of like the origins of like the dub and the um, you know Lovers Rock and stuff in the music that he does. Um, so yeah, is he your favorite DJ? Because that's one end, one question that was you know unanswered in the first okay. part but i really well, want I, to know who's your favorite dj oh it's it's tough you know because um there are there are a few so one of them is slipmat dj slipmat and i really like his stuff from sort of like as i say 94 95 and there's a particular tune that he's done no in fact there's a couple of tunes that he's done um you know 4md i'll, I'll send you 4md there's that one um I like DJ Red Alert and um, yeah, DJ Red Alert, he's really good. I like um, the Slip Mat Red Alert, who else is there? Um, DJ Vibes, absolutely love DJ Vibes, you know? So yeah, I mean, I, I would say that they're my three, they're my three definite ones. Favourite. You know, individual, uh, individual tunes that, you know, I, I really like, so yeah. Wow, Vibe, that is let me get that right. Vibes and Witch Doctor, yeah, my three. Wow. Yeah. That is quite amazing. We we need to we need to have a list of them so people can go in and actually see more about them because you know even like the, being a DJ these days it, mm. it's it's quite a, an amazing um, you know career. It can be quite an amazing career. You saw DJs becoming celebrities, you know, in recent mm. years, mm. and mm. the way mm. that you know the re the outreach is just ridiculous um yeah because mm. we used to think that it was so everything was so localized everything was so you know niche and so small mm. but then it became this massive thing where we have djs that travel the world that are you know they they go and have these birthday parties and paid millions for it and things like that so it's quite quite amazing quite amazing uh, yeah and some of them I mean, have I done so well they have. I mean, the thing I, I, I like, as I say, I really like house music as well, because like house music, again, you know, the hardcore and stuff came out of that. And, um, oh God, I, there's, there's, I, I think it was Judge Jules. He, he was another one I had, I think he was, was one of the first house DDs I ever bought. But like, you know, he did this um, amazing kind of like mixture of, house and like an orchestra i have to send it to you like you know an orchestra thing at cream in liverpool oh my gosh that is just it is just absolutely amazing so it's so that's a that's another point really because like you know you're seeing that even though like you know hardcore or whatever when they start to fuse with other um you know genres like classical music 
it's amazing it is absolutely amazing it takes it know. to a different a different level isn't it no it does it really really does i mean i'll send you i'll send you that cream compilation it's on my download list it's it's amazing so yeah wow one mm. thing i wanted i'm curious about is mm. how do you think social media because there's so such a big explosion of social media these days so it's all to do with following and engaging mm. people and obviously mm. it's 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 probably easier to get exposure and to be you know well known and to to have that level of, of achievement um, because back in, you know, back in the nineties, we still had to struggle and to be heard on the radio and to get mm, something isn't mm, all out of it. Mm, but mm. these days it's all about, you know, if you have good social media, you know, strategy, uh, you, you can have all these people following you and it becomes almost a, a religion, isn't it? Cause uh, yeah, yeah, it does. And I think the good thing, and this is what I say about, you know, like this happy hardcore, um the, the the that's what i follow him on twitter and he follows me as well so this mm -hmm. is i think this is a really it's a really really good thing because like again you know that like there's an opportunity to kind of like you know promote the djs you know mm -hmm. the other good thing about it is that people will post tunes I, I post tunes up there and stuff and you know like it might be a tune that you don't you, you've completely forgotten about and then it's just or like you you know but then you just cannot for the life of you remember what it's called and then it's there you know like yes. these days on, it's just like yes this was the one that i was dancing to back in 1995 and i couldn't wow. remember what it was so you know there's there's that also i think it just kind of like you know it's a platform we are saying that with some of the younger generation they were saying that they were wishing that they were there so it's that option to do that and i think it's been amazing like uh with up with lockdown because this slip mat um he did something on facebook when we had this november lockdown as well and you know it was great because like everyone was following it and we they know that we obviously we can't go to the raise and stuff so this is the opportunity yes. to do it so that's what i did actually when it was my birthday this year i tried i actually actually tried to do some dj myself so i bought myself a little mixer it was a disaster it was wow. a disaster <laughs> It's a disaster, you know. I so, think I think we need to be the judges of that. You need to let us in. <laughs> in that no, secret. I mean the thing is, I tried to, you know, because this is this is how much I like sort of like hardcore or whatever. But I remember, I think it was in two thousand and three. I was just trying to learn to DJ. So I used to, oh, my cousin mm -hmm. tried to teach me how to DJ because he he, yeah. Anyway, I won't say too much about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he he tried to teach me how to DJ. I think it, the first time in 1998. So he's just saying, and you do this, and you do that, and you do the other. So I tried it, and he just like he was listening to it in the headphones. He just goes, you know what? Just get off. No. Get off. <laughs> you know, just get off my decks. You know, this sounds like bear, his words were, "This sounds like bear pots and pans." So I and oh, then I thought, wow. you know what? Yeah. So I just said, like, you know what, fam? Okay, fine. So um, five years later, I tried it again, and you know, it just kind. I just. I mean, the thing is, he was trying to teach us how to um, DJ like hip hop and stuff. And I was mm -hmm. just like, oh, you know, that this is why it wasn't working for me, because like you're, you're trying to make me do something that I don't really want. This is not my thing, because at yes. least if I try to sort of like hip hop, I'm sorry, um, DJ is something like Happy Hardcore. I know the tunes and I know what tunes slide into here, but like hip hop, it wasn't working. So mm -hmm. and then I tried again and it just... Just, I mean, my, my mixer didn't even switch on, so that's not even a good start. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's quite an experience there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
So, I'm not going to um, give it up, though. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so in the 90s, the rape, uh, you know, do you think that the 90s rape culture is still alive? And if yeah. it is, where is it? Where can you find it? You know, where do you go? Because from what you said, you cannot have a virtual rape party, isn't it? You cannot have it. Or can you? Well, you can you can and you can't. I mean, obviously you can't because like, you know, you have to, you know, watch how many people go in your house because of the social distancing. So you don't do that. No, you if you do it virtually, that. if it's a virtual party, I mean, if you're in your house and mm. if there's a DJ doing it and just broadcasting it so that everybody's just, you know, like yeah. a Zoom call, like kind of yeah. thing. It's like a Zoom rave, yeah. I mean, there were there was actually there was one. I mean, obviously, I couldn't do it because I was I was marking, but you know, um, there was one on again at the Happy Hardcore group the other the other week. Um, and you know, as I say, Slipmat does them on Facebook or every. Not, I wouldn't say it was every Saturday, but he does them quite a lot. So you you can yeah. all connect and stuff. But it's just not the same. And I think mm. even going to a rave is not the same because, like, um, the one I went to for my fortieth what I noticed was that there was a lot of people just kind of like standing, I was just dancing, but like there was just people standing around the side, just kind of like, you know, on their phones and all this, that and the other. But like, you know, in the nineties, I certainly didn't have, a, I didn't have a mobile phone until I was 23. So like at the time I was like 20, 21. And like, you know, just everyone was just like, you know, as soon as a tune would drop and everyone would just kind of like go mad. There was no like, you know, looking at anybody. And also because, and that's another thing I like about those faces it's just like nobody cared about the way that you dress or nobody cared about yes. the way that you dance and stuff but so like, there's you know, no judgment no judgment no, nobody's mm -hmm. going on stush you know like no one's going on stush you just you just you know you're just you you can be yourself but like whereas I think when I went everyone was looking on the phones I went to Ministry of Sound as well like you know 2006 and it was the same thing and I was just like oh man you know yeah wow and do you still have your your records, your CDs, anything? You know, um, kind of, you I, know oh God, I had from, my from CDs. Back. My CDs got stolen. My CDs got stolen. Um, I've got a couple of like um, a, a couple of uh, records still. You know, mm -hmm. I've got, I still have, they're at home in Nottingham. But I mean, the thing is, it's just like I've just downloaded a load because it, you know, like I need it for when I go running. I need it for when I go to the gym or just like you know when I need to <laughs> I need some motivation so yeah mm, okay okay good mm. um and uh do you see younger generations wishing that they were there at the rape parties I mean oh yeah know, obviously there's the impact of the lockdown now and it's a bit like you know people's morale and you know it's not there but do you think it's something that's that the younger generations once this is you know once we go past this something that they can revive or you know or I mean, I think, get the experience yeah. i think i think they will i mean gosh i remember the last um was it i think it must have been in july time i think what they're doing is mm -hmm. they are you know like some of them are sort of doing things that they shouldn't be doing because did, I don't know if you heard but in Greenwich there was that there's that library down in East Greenwich and then I think some of the younger generations they kind of like you know took the things down and then just went in there and, and did a rave in, oh, in wow. the library yeah it they was in the paper <laughs> and it, and oh, again, I know that yeah. library but I had no idea they had yeah. done that was that recent or 
it was in it was in June or July and oh it was just, wow oh, you know and the thing is then, so, mm. you can't I mean the thing is that was just dangerous because like you know of all the close proximity of people and but I you know the the COVID that that's just like COVID COVID central that would have been but that's what they did so I think in the many in many ways they will but then I also talked to like you know members of this youngest generation I was talking to um my niece and her good friend um last time I was up in Birmingham and you know they were saying that when they were at university they just didn't have a good time because like mm -hmm. you know there wasn't anything to look forward to and then when they listened to us and they listened to the kind of times that we did and the fact that we were going out to the raves and stuff like that they felt almost jealous you know when mm -hmm. they go and again they were pointing out that when people go out it's almost like um again there's a lot of filming there's a lot of whatnot there's a lot of people looking on the phone and standing a bit stush and you know dressing to the nines there isn't that freedom that we had which is really yes. sad and i think a lot of that is because of the pressure that they're under anyway you know yes of course mm -hmm. yeah. i understand yeah 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 and so do you speak about it with your with your students i don't know if it's something that you share with your students that you you know your your passion for this um for this rave culture and and if you do you share the experiences with them do you actually you know engage them in the conversation because obviously they're quite young and you know impressionable as well yeah i mean the thing is i would never do it in a way that is uh, you know that that tells and, and also you know again i think some of them may have got that same conception as you and stuff like that and then you know obviously it's about reframing the narrative but i look at it in a sociological way because like you know there is research out there on it so i just kind of connect yes. it to to that research and also because they're doing autobiographies now so mm -hmm. you know one of the things i did say to them i said that look you know autobiography can just explore anything so this is what i've done my um, what i'm doing my autobiography on and i was looking at it again from the kind of identity aspect of it rather than the kind of like you know the and 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 explaining carrying it in when we have discussions about moral panics because we did um a lecture on age and generation two weeks ago and you know we were talking about different moral panics for different generations so for our generation this was we had lots of negative labels and this was one of the things that kind of came into that so i i talked about it through that kind of like trope whereas you know, I don't kind of talk about it in a way that's just kind of like glamorized. I talk about it in terms of how, you know, society shifted to more individualized ways of thinking, you know, mm -hmm. theorizing it. So, yeah, that's that's how I that's how I do it. And, you know, if they ask questions, I'll be honest, I'll tell them. You'll tell them. Yeah, that's really important because, you know, um, honesty and uh, and 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 being able to relate to to a tutor you know, to a lecturer in that, in that level, it's, it's really um, rewarding for the student, you know, uh, well, yeah. knowing that, that, that the, 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 you know, the teacher is not that person that is up there that never had the same experiences as us, that never had, that doesn't really understand, you know, what's going on, what's, what we're going through. It, yeah. It's that, you know, relating to your stories. I always thought it was quite nice for teachers to share a bit of what, you know what they went through you know the good yeah. the bad the in between and yeah yeah i mean i think this is the thing with with my students and stuff i'm very i'm just open with them because i think at the end of the day like you mm -hmm. know they're human we're human and you know like just and, and it goes back to my earlier point about identities and stuff because like we're all we're, even though we're lecturers we are lots of there are lots of things 
and also even those things will inform our research and it will inform why we do what we do so I don't really see you know I don't really see that and I think that like if people can't relate to us you know I bring it down to the fact that someone's got a problem then you know and they feel like they can't relate to us and stuff like that they're going to sit there with that problem and they may not be able to talk to anyone else about it so you know I'm quite an open person and you know I'm, I'm an open person and stuff and you know I will share it and I will share it through the work that I'm doing and through the research that I'm doing as well so yeah and hopefully I'm sure it makes you I'm sure it makes you a very popular um lecturer as well within the university within the faculty i i'm, I'm pretty sure because students you know they they normally when they have a good experience they are very good at beating, mm. beating that back yeah. so well, uh, what is know, your experience with yeah i mean students? i get on with them they're lovely i mean they're they're really great and you know they inspire me they they really really and i'll say this you know they inspire me in lots of ways and stuff because you know, it's just here, just hearing their experience. So I teach this course called Self in Society, and you know, in many of the classes we talk about the theory, but then you know, the students they do an amazing job of just kind of like relating their experiences to the thing, and you know, and it's really, really nice. You know, they're bright, they're really engaged. You know, they're switched on, and I think you know, like I come out of a seminar on a Wednesday in that class, and I'm just like. I feel buzzing, do you know what I mean? I feel really, really kind of like, it feels as if I've been to a rave because it's just like, you know, yes, and we've talked about this and we've talked about that and we've talked about the other. And, it, and so there's that. I mean, and also with my second years, I teach a course called um, Education and Social Formation and stuff. And again, you know, hearing some of the perspectives and people's um, experiences within the education system and, you know, the fact that I've made them question, you know, question the education system as a whole, not in a bad way and stuff like that, but just hearing what they have to say and, you know, getting them to think about stuff and, you know, getting them excited about things and they're getting me excited as well. I had a really, really lovely email from a student who's actually going to do a podcast and, you know, she said that, um, you know, the, the, the things that we've been talking about in class has made her just kind of want to go on and do a PhD now. And I'm just like, yeah. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. That is an yeah, amazing I, outcome. It means that yeah. you inspired her. Well, I mean, maybe, but also I think it's what we talked about. But I mean, the thing is, if she says that she wants to do it, I'm just going to do whatever it is that I have to do to, you know, to make sure that it, yes. it happens. You know, I think she would be brilliant. I think she'd be really, really great. I don't, you know, there's a lot of my second year, some of them are second year, should I say, that I don't, you know, some of them I don't even teach. Um, and I think, you know, like they, they will go on and do some absolutely amazing things. And I think knowing that and, you know, like even if I'm not teaching them this year, knowing that and just seeing what they're doing, and even the one that did the first podcast, you know, knowing mm -hmm. that and seeing where it's all going to go, it's just really exciting. Do you know what I mean? It's really, really exciting. Yes. And I think a lot of the younger generation, you know, even in my family, you know, my nieces, my, my niece, my nephews, and, you know, all the other ones that are coming up in the family, it's just so exciting to see where they're all going to go, you know. So, yeah. And it's all, it's all because of you. It's because you're, you are the influence. You are, you know, the common, common denominator in all of this. So, oh, praise thank you. you. Thank you. Praise no. to you, thank definitely, you. for I doing such a good job. Good. No, no, thank yeah. you. I think it's um, as well. It's a two-way thing, but thank you very much mm -hmm. anyway. Thank you. And, uh, yeah. and, you know, we're wrapping this up, but um, mm. I would have to say that um, you're definitely stealing the spotlight here because <laughs> this is a brilliant subject. I think uh, a lot of um, 
youth are going to relate to this to this mm. subject, especially because there's obviously this interaction between me not knowing much about it and you knowing everything about it and being mm -hmm. such an expert in this. Uh, and, uh, and, and obviously you inspire me to, to go and, and, and research more and find out more and even experience it myself. I mean, I'm over 40, but you know, if it's still acceptable. <laughs> Listen, age is just, do you know something? I saw, I was, I was talking to, um, I was talking to my brother about it because now he's accepted it. But anyway, and I'm going to send him this podcast just to annoy him. But anyway, I mean, the thing is, it's really funny because some of the people, I remember when I was going, when I went to the first one, they were in their 30s when they were into wow. it and, and now just to think that like you know they're they're in their 60s now okay wow um, yeah and some of the djs they're in their sort of 60s <laughs> they're in their 60s as well but the thing is i think you know like they're still out there doing it you know rap pack must be that must be licking 60 do you know what i mean but yeah, like, still yeah. they're doing it with his raspy voice you know yeah Slip Matt, Slip must be in his 50s but they're still doing it you know so yeah yes and probably passing on the knowledge as well, isn't it? Because yeah. who's going to do it after them? Somebody has, yeah. has to take on, you know, the throne. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, hopefully yeah. they're still there and they're still, you know, giving, you know, giving this, um, um, this knowledge, passing this knowledge and all this information and all these experience that they have yeah. uh, to mm. the younger generations and to inspire younger generations to do as well as they did. So... Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or, or like, you know, even if they take it and they're just kind of like, again, I'm going back to Mannheim because like one of the things that Mannheim says is in theory of generations is that you, you know, you take one thing from one generation and because of your experience, you mix it up and then like, you know, you do your own thing. And then the next yeah. generation, the core is still there, but like, you know, the, the core just changes and, you know, diversifies, which I think, you know, the next generation will be doing, you know, even if they did, they are into their hardcore or whatever, you know they'll find their they'll mix it up because i mean even even with house music i listen to some of the kind of bass house some of that kind of sounds very a bit like you know piano rave but then you can also see how it is kind of tailored to the 2000s and 2010s so maybe this mm -hmm. is what they'll do with the rave music of the 90s yeah, so, yeah. that's true that's true well, well let's see where it takes us all um, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, thank you very much uh, for taking the time to talk to me uh, and thank to discuss you. so much about this subject. And um, I hope you all enjoyed it as well. You know, it's going to be you. available uh, pretty soon, and we'll have uh, will be available on uh, YouTube um, through the video and also um, through the different outlets for the podcast. So stay tuned. Thank you very much, Dr. Louise Wusum Portang. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And it was and thank you for the great interview. You know, I really enjoyed it. So thank you. You're a fantastic interviewer. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>